In 2001, a six-year-old boy finally got the chance to go to the theater and watch an action movie. But it wasn't just any action movie. It was a movie that was made just for him, about kids solving the problems that adults couldn't. From jetpack chase scenes to giant thumb robots to fake out cusses, it seemed like this movie had something for everyone. That six-year-old boy was me. And that's why, on this, the first episode of our podcast, we're going to take a look at the first installment in the popular Spy Kids movie franchise, simply called Spy Kids. This is Purely Nostalgia. Welcome to the premiere episode of Purely Nostalgia. I am Eli Shap Smith. And I'm Clint Jazz Hands Page. Because these hands were gifted to me by Satan to play the sickest saxophone. <laughs> Why? Why did he do that? Well, it was either that or I or my house gets burned down, so Um, well, that's good to know. Um are you ready to talk about the greatest film of all time? I am, but Elisha, I just wanted to kind of, you know, buffer this a little bit and want to ask, how are you today? I'm doing well. It's always a bit of a a bit of a surprise and, you know, kind of a, a joyous thing when I get to see your face in person. Yeah. We, yeah, we don't live in the same city. We don't live that far away. We live, <laughs> what, about an hour and 30 minutes away from each other. Right. But, but you're in town to celebrate Egg Day. Uh, I just wanted to, again, kind of start it out. You, you seem a little flustered, Elisha. See, he had this huge, like, professional mic stand that was a crane arm that he was going to clip onto the side of the recording table, and it was going to look real cool, and he was going to try to one-up me with my blue snowball microphone. Uh, but And I did. I did one-up you. Let's let the record show that I did one-up you, mm. but I am, I have resorted the trolls are correct. I am holding my microphone with my hand right now. Yep, like a low-budget youth pastor. Like a y- <laughs> hey, kids, we're going to rap about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Here's a rap about ab- abstinence. Watch me tear this phone book in half. I'm gonna, okay, Spy Kids. Spy Kids, Spy yeah. Spy Kids. Do you want to talk about that movie? You bet I do. That's this what is, I prepared. So this is a podcast, in case you didn't hear our episode zero, where we do talk about kids' movies. And... um. We we want to look at them through the lens of our adult eyes and try and figure out if they were good. Um, I'm laughing. Why are you laughing? For the phrase "adult eyes," <laughs> that it's like when a Jewish a podcast. Jewish boy gets you know his uh, bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your adult eyes, son. <laughs> it's like a wooden case that he opens up. And he <laughs> He's got these old in. dusty eyes. These were your grandfather's eyes, and the eyes of the relatives before him. I was gifted my father's eyes. Okay. We're going to look at movies through our, the lens of our adult eyes. Um, we, Our original title for this podcast was Spy Guys because it was going to be a limited run podcast just about the Spy Kids movies. Yeah, either Spy Guys or Spy Boys with a Z. Both right. had Zs in them. Right. Because that's a really creative way to name a podcast is just like kind of say the thing and then say boys or guys after it. And then it, with the Z, it also shows that we can do a sick kickflip with a skateboard. Mm-hmm. So Yes. So um, uh, we're, we're happy to be here. We're happy that you guys showed up to listen to us today. Thank you, studio audience, for being here yet again. So, Clint, what was your sort of first impression of this movie? Um, well, as a kid, when you watched it, how did you feel about it? Um, it, it's weird because rewatching the movie, I, and this is going to sound really weird, I can't remember a time where this movie was not in my, like, sphere of influence as a child. I can't, I, it came out in, what, 2001? Yes. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I just, as a kid, I feel like it was my movie. Was this was movie. this was my thing. I I had an older sister, much like Car- Carmen. Yeah, much Carmen. like much like Carmen, and I was a junie, and so I I guess I related to it in that aspect where it was like, oh, I'm I'm junie, and I have an older sister. Did you have band aids just all over your? I had ears? that was gross. First was of all, gross. that was really it was gross. Kind of adorable too, though. No, it was just gross. <laughs> but <laughs> a, a, as a kid, like I said, I feel like. This was my movie. This was a movie made for me. This is my thing. Nobody else can take this from me. Don't try to take this from me. 
Well, it was actually I have I hate to break it to you, but it was actually my movie. All right. Yes. Counter argument. Um it was I I felt the same way. I loved this movie. It was I don't actually have a specific movie of seeing this one in theaters. I remember seeing um both of the other two core Spy Kids trilogy movies in theaters. And but I remember watching this one several times um on VHS, on TV when it would come on. Um, and I loved it. This is probably the only Spy Kids movie that I've seen, like, several times. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I also, I have the clear memory, this was, like, the first movie that we owned on DVD. Whoa. Because we had a car that had a DVD player in it, and we would watch this going to Florida in the DVD player in the car, because it didn't have a VHS tape in the car. And that would be fun if there was, like, a VHS that comes (laughs) down from your... It was always under the seats. I remember that. So yeah. we'd have to climb under the seats to play the movie, which is very inefficient. Is that real? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah, the DVD player was under the seats, and then the TV like player was up on the ceiling. That, may, that makes zero sense. No, it, it doesn't. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah. I mean, this was, this was the movie that I loved as a child. I loved it so much. Um, it was... It, it, it was an action movie that was for me, and it was a movie that I could watch um, that my parents were cool with me watching, and it gave me the thrills that an action movie today gives me. It also, for me, brought up feelings of jealousy. Yes, because you were not a spy Because I was not a spy kid, and my parents were not spy parents. Right. Because they're not cool enough. They're not cool enough to be spies, and... I mean, you don't really know that they're not because the parents in this movie were not cool enough yeah. to be spies. Except they totally were is the thing. They like, totally if were. were. If I was those kids, I would have been like, my parents have got to be spies. Did you hear? I don't. It was very like subtle. Well, not really subtle, but they only touched on it once, like what the parents said they did for a living. They were consultants. Consultants. <laughs> Just vague consultants. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Ingrid, we are consultants. <laughs> <laughs> like spy consultants? They consult yeah, that's, secret agents? Yeah, like how do you file that on your taxes? <laughs> I bet their taxes. Well, I'm sure they had like an in with the IRS. Oh, the OSS, I, and, the the OSS and the IRS. Yeah, right. So, okay. Upon rewatching, I watched this movie last night alone because I'm in town for the weekend for Egg Day, and I did ask my mom if she wanted to watch the movie Spy Kids with me, and she said no, sir. <laughs> so I watched it alone. I also watched it alone. My original plan was to watch it with my fiance at her house, but the evening just consisted of me talking to her father about business. Oh. So then you watched it. Alone. Then I watched it at home by myself. Sad. Sad. But okay. I mean, afterwards, I was not sad because I enjoyed the movie. I did too. Oh, okay. big reveal. Big reveal. I still like Spy Kids. Big reveal. I also still like this movie. Um, yeah, it wasn't like amazing, but I really, really liked it. It was very charming, more competent than I um kind of thought it would mm-hmm. be. Which is a great time to bring up the fact that mind blowingly. Spy Kids has a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes. What? <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's like the the main whatever they call it, tomato meter. The fresh certified fresh. Yeah, and then the the audience rating is something like 40 something. Yeah. So on that IMDb, sounds a little bit more like what I I would have expected. On IMDb with a little over 93,000 votes, it got a 5.4 out yeah, of 10. Yeah, I did see that, which is Interesting. Which is just a bunch of Spy Kids haters. Right. The trolls are out there to get Spy Kids. Yeah, because anybody can rate anything on IMDb. Get out of here, Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, man, deserved an Oscar for his performance. I, I forgot that he turns out to be the villain. So, spoiler alert. Spoiler oh, alert. I mean, he was like the villain. Yeah. He was a villain, but then he was the villain. The villain. Um. Yeah, crazy that this movie like was actually well-received critically. I didn't know that. Me either. Um. I kind of just, like, as I grew up, just assumed the Spy Kids movies were all regarded as bad movies. Mm, Because they were kids' movies. Right. Well, and, like, they're just, like, it's Spy Kids. Like, the movie's called Spy Kids. And, uh, like, I had the opposite issue with the Star Wars prequels as a kid. I don't think I realized until, like, high school that people did not not like them. Did not like them, yeah. No, I agree. I was sitting in the bathroom listening to my Nickelback and Creed crossover <laughs> album. Whoa, uh, the crossover. While while reading, it was uh, called "Photos of You: Colon 
pictures in the sand. Pictures in the sand. But uh, and while I was reading my Star Wars prequel fanfic, and then some some hater boys came in and started talking bad about all three of those. Yeah. And I realized, oh no, these are not arbitrarily good. Right. And I I like really haven't watched those movies in a long time because like I just I'm scared to because I want to like keep regarding them as good as good films. Um, oh, I also just realized, um, out of all the four Spy Kids movies, Elisha, there are four. There Spy are four. Which one do you think had the highest budget? And don't look on my computer screen. Okay. Um, out of all four of them, one, two, three, and four. I mean, it's got to be four because of inflation. False. What? what, what? <laughs> one. Really? Okay. Yeah, that's that makes sense. Fifty fifty million dollars. Really? Yeah. Uh, then Spy Kids two had a budget of thirty eight million. Spy Kids three, three D game over, had a budget of thirty eight million, and then Spy Kids four had a budget of forty million. Uh, they went back up a little bit. That's so that that yeah, that two million dollars was paying off Ricky Gervais to play a dog in this movie. Is he a dog in the movie? Yeah, well, we will get to that. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, we haven't seen that one, so that's going to be super exciting. I think it's time to kind of start working through this movie. Um, so there, we start with this shot of it like flying over the ocean towards a very CG house. Very. Like a kind of a Tony Stark house on the ocean. Yeah, what country are they in? Because I have some theories. I would like to hear them because I don't know. Spain. Okay, that's fine. Only because there's, I mean, all of them speak Spanish. I mean, I'm sorry, all of them speak English, but there is a moment where um, they're driving them to school, and then the dad's, like, looking at the um, the Floops World movie or whatever yeah. TV show, and then he looks Floops up and, and goops. Floops and Goops, and then uh, slams on his brakes, and the crossing guard is saying stop in Spanish. Okay. And so that makes me theorize that they are in Spain, potentially. So you watched this movie, and you came to the conclusion that they were in a Spanish-speaking country, the, the movie Spy Kids. Well— I mean, that's kind of a major plot point. Like, I don't feel like you get any rewards for that <laughs> detective work. I don't think that they're in America just by looking at the landscape. I don't know where they would be other than, like, Baja, California. Yeah. Well, the point is it's not really that clear. Whatever, wherever they are, they don't really make it that clear. Right. Um, they might not even... It's it might kids. Be, they don't care. Might I be in a different care. universe. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, it starts out with them in the house, um, and Carmen has her mother tell her the story of these two spies who were... They were each other's assignments. Right, to kill. They, they fell in love. Um, they were assigned to kill, but instead, they loved. Uh-oh. <laughs> kind of... <laughs> Calling Mr. and Mrs. Smith, yeah, or yeah. even The Incredibles. I was getting a very big Incredibles vibe from very, for various moments in this movie. Oh, but yeah. Not that, like... So uh, The Incredibles gave you Spy Kids vibes, actually. Uh, Well, yeah, but I didn't notice that at the time when I saw Incredibles. Oh, right. I, just, I didn't notice this until now. So The Incredibles is just a ripoff of Spy Kids. Yeah, 100%. It's a good ripoff, though, you know? Better. Um, so... I, I couldn't really tell at the beginning there if Junie knew that her mother Yeah, it seemed like she maybe knew, especially yeah. if she was watching the flashback. <laughs> yeah, that looks like my mom. Hey, mom, that's you. She looked up at the thought bubble above her mom's head. I also, me personally, I didn't, it made me feel creeped out the way the mother was telling the story because it sounded like she was trying to seduce her. Why? She was like, and they were spies. Oh, yeah. It didn't sound like she was trying to tell, like, a, a sneaky little story. It sounded like she was trying to be saucy with it, and it, it made me feel creepy. Well, I'm sorry that happened. And you could also hear the mother's lip smacking when she was talking. Um. So, yeah. I Yeah, I couldn't really tell if, like, it was clear the kids knew their parents were not spies now. I thought maybe the whole secret was, like, they used to be spies, but they retired. But, hey, not really. Sometimes they still go on missions every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Later in the film, it was confirmed that Junie um, had no idea that her mother was a spy right so uh, she thought you, you or sorry you, carmen carmen yeah you so you kind of thought like oh this is something my parents used to do now they're consultants yes but it's like oh no they're still doing it um but and, just to a smaller degree and i really liked the the shot in that flashback of the helicopter cho chopping off the two statues heads. i like that too <laughs> i also liked there were a couple shots like when things started going awry where the guy uh just straight up tackled the wedding cake <laughs> I imagine that was the baker of the cake. <laughs> like, serve the cake. 
my melons. Do you remember? Oh, man. Nope. Avatar of the Last Bit. Oh, yes. My melons. <laughs> or Great the, show. Or Great the show. shot, again, where it's going awry, where the the dude just straight up teabagged another man. Did it's like happen? an upward-facing shot, and there's a man standing, and then another man jumps off a balcony and just crotch-to-head action, wow. and they fall. I missed that. What movie was I watching? <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! This was uh, Pineapple Express. <laughs> um, yeah, and then she ends the story and talks about how the this they the two spies settled down. They got married. They had kids. Kind of settled down. And uh, Carmen's like, "There's no happily ever after." And then she goes, eh, "I said they were better off," and I really liked that. <laughs> I, yeah, because it kind of showed that it's like, "Oh no, I I liked my spy days, but I also love my kids." Yeah, um, and so. Uh yeah, we get to see Junie's warts and his uh his band aids all over his little fingers. That made me terrified to have warts as a kid. Yeah, being honest I, with you. Yeah, I was too from this movie. I think I actually have um two wart scars on my right hand. You can see them right there, and they you can see them right there. Gross. Yeah, and that came like Don't within within a week of me watching this movie, and it was almost like the memories building up. Oh, you were just to this. Age. It gave me some warts. Yeah, and then later in the movie, it's established that he his warts are because his hands are sweaty all the time because, because he's, he's nervous, yeah, scared, and that's like his big character arc because he learns not to be scared. Which I don't, what I guess, and he's a butterfingers too. Yeah, he is a butterfingers. Carmen reminds us constantly. Yeah, I I loved. Okay, so apparently being a spy pays really well because did you see their house? I mean, it's got to pay well. It's got. A gym in it, and yeah. it's on an island. Yeah, and I wasn't really like clear as to why the parents were like making them do this insane obstacle course every morning before school because they're it's like they want their kids to become spies. Yeah, or you know they just have a lot of respect for physical activity. I guess so. And Junie's like, we already have PE at school, and but they're like, we don't care. Climb this ropes course. <laughs> at, what time does their school start? By the way, that made me think. Because as a kid, you know, school started at 8 o'clock, and so I'd get up at, like, 7, get ready, go to school. And it was still dark, no yeah. matter what time of day it was. But it was, like, bright out whenever they went. So does their school start at, like, 1230? Um, I don't know. I mean, sometimes it's bright in the morning. But not that bright. Find something better to be mad about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, I have a lot of pent-up aggression, apparently. <laughs> so so there's uh there's agents of the OSS, which is the Organization of Super Spies, that are going nice, <laughs> <laughs> very nice. They're going missing, much like the superheroes in the Incredibles that are getting yeah terminated. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. Huh. Incredibles. Interesting. Where did you, Where did you get this? Hey, Incredibles. I'm not mad about it. You made a good. Film. Yeah, you still you did you. I liked it. Um, and so the the parents, you know, they're gonna go on one last mission because they want an adventure. Because they're gonna go see what happened to these spies, and they leave their kids in the care of Uncle Felix. Uncle Felix, Cheech Marin. Cheech Marin. Um, and it's I okay. So <laughs> they find out uh, pretty quickly that um. Um, he is not their real uncle. He just rips off a mustache. Yeah, he his mustache, and then the <laughs> next shot, he has the mustache again. It's well, he, well, he's you see him walking back through the house, like putting it back on. Yeah, but I just like he's like, I'm not your real uncle. Rip, <laughs> and they're and they're like, oh, what? Which I think that was definitely supposed to be played for laughs, like yeah. in a because Cheech Marin, he's a comedian, so he knows, and he's. Albeit, like during the eighties, was a seventies or eighties was a very successful comedian. Yeah, so he knows what's funny. So that's you know that had, that was played for laughs for the adults. Cheech knows what's funny. Cheech knows what's I up. I don't know if that was played for laughs just for the adults. It was funny to me as a kid. I think right. Um, but yeah, and oh, we haven't really talked about Floops Fooglies. Is that oh, one? My. That's the name yeah, of the, the show. Right? They are the Fooglies. They are the Fooglies, and the show is called Floops Fooglies. Floops um, Fooglies. Antonio Banderas does not like the fact that his son watches this show. Yeah, he is against it, and he is to the fact where he's just straight up mean to him. Yeah, like I was he's gonna say that too. He's just kind of a bad dad. Yeah, whenever like Junie drew a picture, like you and I, Elisha, as kids, um, like drew whatever cartoons, whatever, and then showed them to our parents, and our parents were like, "These are great." When they obviously weren't. But then when Junie drew his own Fugly, created it out of nothing. He showed it to his dad, and he's like, "Look at this! This is hideous." <laughs> and, yeah, and then really Junie's just in the back seat, like, "I drew it." 
like he doesn't try and take an interest in his kids. He's just like my stupid son. When will is, you be a consultant? It's good because they were like kidnapping spies and turning them into monsters. So. Yeah. Also, like what was Agent uh, Donovan? Agent Donovan, who was Doctor Phil, apparently looked just like Doctor Phil. Was oh the like, guy who the main sp- yeah. or like the spy that kind of triggered them realizing that something was up. Yeah. Uh, that was kidnapped. He was turned into a fugly. And then, like, Antonio Banderas, Mr. Cortez, was looking at a video of Floop, like, talking to the newly transformed uh, Agent Donovan, and then, like, looked at him and then put a side-by-side picture of him. <laughs> and it was like, how did you make that <laughs> yeah, connection he instantly? <laughs> he was like, that, that's not, I mean, it is the same actor, but how would you make that connection? Yeah. And the Fuglies are just unsettling to look at. Yeah, they're like, they're dinosaur hybrid people. Yeah. Well, they... They scared me as a kid, especially mm-hmm. the purple one that I think the big fat was one? Agent Donovan. Oh, oh, the one with the stretched out face. Yes. I was he afraid of the me. big fat one that had like the little little triceratop dinosaur arms. Uh-huh. We all had different fears as kids. Me and Clint's two fears <laughs> were, both were, were two different fooglies. <laughs> um uh and then okay, so uh what's where so there Felix is there. He comes yeah. in I can't remember how fast did they figure out that something bad was going on within five minutes okay. of him being there, and all of a sudden they're going into spy mode. The the thumbs, which we gotta talk about those for a minute. We gotta talk about the thumbs because they the CGI is not good. Oh 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 god no! It's but there bad. was some practical effects with them, right? Mm-hmm. Like when it was just showing like an arm. Well, they're all thumbs, but you know what would be their arms or would be their heads? Those were like puppets. I'm pretty sure at one point. The only time I noticed it being practical was when. Later in the movie, when Carmen is dressed as a thumb. Okay, um, yeah, there was that. Yeah, and I thought at that moment, I thought like they should have been practical the whole time. It looks which good. they could have been, yeah, to a degree. But I guess like the fight scenes, it would have been hard. It would have been hard. It would have yeah. looked like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from the eighties. Yeah, which, yeah. Wait, no, that's not a bad thing because those movies are awesome. Right. Ooh. We'll get to that later. <laughs> but I, um, the thumbs, I think were supposed to be, you know. There, it's supposed to be harking back to the phrase like, "Oh, you're all thumbs," you know, "you're clumsy," "you're whatever." Yeah, I read that. Uh, um, Robert Rodriguez based those on a drawing that he did as a kid. Oh, really? Like some thumb people. Oh, well, that's cute. I guess. I guess so. I but didn't really get it. I um, didn't. I mean, I just they were just supposed to be like, I guess, the bumbling, yeah. uh, you know, henchmen. Well, they gotta have somebody to fight, and like, if it's like kids fighting adult people like right it, 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 there had to be a reason that well i guess they never really fight the thumbs do they Ah, uh, kind of they they killed them more or less <laughs> uh, with their with their gadgets yeah and they are robots which isn't really established until later you right see right, a right, shot right. Of them like getting their getting assembled on, and, and so. there's a there's a part where they're walking and you hear like eek, eek, yeah eek. they're not um godless yeah. creations <laughs> like the, like the floops <laughs> or the fooglies <laughs> yeah um so okay, so their their parents have been kidnapped by Floop. Um, yeah, because they're on to him. Just like all the other spies that tried to get to the bottom of what was going on in Floop's well designed castle, um, which is also on an island. Yeah. Uh, but in the meantime, as they're being kidnapped, um, the the thumbs are after them. They break into their house. Mm-hmm. They, albeit, murder Uncle Felix. Oh, no, because you no, see him don't. later. He's they, fine. They kidnap him basically. Yeah, and um, they they get shipped off and like sent in a rocket ship basically into the ocean, mm-hmm. which I that chase scene in the yellow pod. Yeah, really fun. I liked it a lot. It was great, and also the CG on the that spy boat thing is not was, bad. No, it wasn't. I mean, it, much better now, than the fun thumbs. Oh yeah, now you know they'd call that garbage, but <laughs> well, I mean, like it, it helps that the the design of it is like supposed to look kind of like. I don't know. It's storybooky, like a drawing, cartoony. yeah. Because it's a kid. It's it's a yeah. whimsical, weird world. It looks like it's supposed to be made and designed by a child, right? Which so I it like. Looks, it looks good. That's a really fun like chase scene. They're sent off to the safe house, mm-hmm. um, which that safe house again. Maybe I just have an eye for real estate, and I'm jealous for it. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to have lived in that safe house. It looks so cool, yeah. With this like rock aesthetic, it's pretty sweet. And you you do, you put some bags in the microwave, and it turns into McDonald's. 
Yeah. Like, what the heck? She she opens the cabinets, and there's no food in there, and then she, like, closes it, and then she hears, like, a noise and opens it again, and, and it's, like, full of food. I just imagine there's, like, little elves behind it, like, yeah. we're here. And also, whenever they're going to the Bobby safe. is free. <laughs> whenever they're going to the safe house, you know, they're in the underwater when it's, like, a submarine thing. Uh-huh. And there, there's just that time lapse of them, like, sleeping and getting there. So it's probably taking, like, a couple of hours to get there. And there's the part where Junie closes the toilet and it goes, now flushing your poop. <laughs> that and I thought that was funny. That was one of my funny. few lol moments. Lol. Or yeah. Not a few. There were several. There were several lol I laughed moments. a bunch in this movie. Now flushing your poop. <laughs> and he goes, he walks away and he goes like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I ripped a big duke. <laughs> Speaking of poop, I just looked at the mug behind you right now and it says, I pooped today. Yep. With an exclamation point. Thank you to my fiance for getting that for me for Christmas. It's a great mug. Mm-hmm. Way better than mine, which has a snowman. It's just a scary snowman. Um, then what happens after they after they leave the safe house? What ensues? Well, um, or at a, the safe another house. spy from their organization, mm. um, OSS. Um, from the OSS, shows up, and she seems pretty suspicious to me. Yeah. Um, and she's like, hey, we work with your parents. Um, Junie has this big like toolbox attached to it. Yeah, right? handcuffed to his hand. Yeah. I, I missed how that happened. He was they were like reading up on spy fan fiction mm-hmm. and uh he was just had like this this case that already had one end of it handcuffed and uh-huh. so he just like sticks his hand in there and is like, What does this do? and then handcuffs it and then Carmen's like, just throw it against the wall, you know, to knock it to break it off, and then he throws it against the wall, and it bounces, ricochets off, and hits him in the head. Yeah, no joke. That was my biggest laugh of that. Was really funny. That is because that was playing. That was played really well, and they even had like little inspirational music behind it. Yeah. you was like dum 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 dum, and he like, and he's in the like the background, which it, I think makes it even better. Slapstick comedy normally does not work for me that well, but it's just so funny because he just goes bam, and it hits him in the head. Yeah, I back. thought it was funny. <laughs> it was great. But uh, uh, the, the they're there. The spy lady shows spy up. Spy lady's there. Um, she um, makes Carmen a spy. Cause, right, so an official spy. We sort of figure out the whole deal with this this little brain thing that Floop wants. Mm-hmm. Um, that It makes robots hyper-intelligent. Yes. It's he like needs a, this brain to make the spy kids, which we haven't really talked about, sort of the half namesake of the movie. Right, right. Um, it's a double entendre. Them. Right. Um, so, yeah, we should probably talk about the Spy Kids, too. That's, yeah. That's Floop's whole plan. A brief break from the plot. Mm-hmm. Right. He's made these, um... Little robot children. Little robot children that look just like real children. Just like specific real children. Yeah, like, um, Spy's children, the president's daughter, mm-hmm. um, the general's daughter, I think they meant... Or, like, the, the general's son, like, the prime minister's son. Like, all these world leaders' children to an exact replica. But the only problem is, is that they look like kids. They're strong like robots, but they are they are dumb, stupid idiots. And they open their mouths and, and it goes, sounds like <laughs> yeah. They turn into um, I laughed at that Church of God members and they start speaking <laughs> in tongues. Yeah. Um, but the brain essentially, which little side note, I guess, and I liked this a lot. Mister Cortez, when he was a main spy, was like part of the group that was designing the brains. Yes. So I guess he's also a spy. And an engineer, uh, yeah, I guess. Well, his brother's like his brother, really an engineer. His, yeah, his brother is, but, but I guess both of them were skills too. Right, right. Um, and he the the brain was designed to make these little small robot children intelligent like human beings, mm-hmm. essentially making them you know the apex predator more or less. And it's funny because right when we right when like Floop figures out that the kids of these agents he's kidnapped are. Um, going rogue mm-hmm. and like trying to get their parents back uh his his minion dr minion tony shalhoub brings in two new spy kids that look exactly like carmen and junie right it's like wow you made those quick those were quick and they look like it's just it's weird how much they look just like them it's almost like they're the same actors playing them that couldn't be no it's, well you know every child actor is a twin every actor is actually a twin it's true because that's child labor laws. I mean, it, well, not before Full House, though. Right. Yeah. Pre Full House, there were only one of every actor. But now, um, after a law was passed, mm-hmm. post Full House, after the first Michelle died, mm-hmm. uh, they had to make doubles of every single actor. Right. And then, for some reason, Lindsay Lohan's twin sister from uh, The Parent Trap 
Lisa Lohan. No one's ever really heard from her. Well, she's a teacher now. Oh, I'm really happy for her. Yeah, she's doing really well. So what's the deal? They turn 18, and then you're allowed to be the only person in the movie. You don't have to use your twin anymore. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they both have to fight, and one of them is the actor, and the other just goes on the lives their lives. So if you want to get into acting, you, you have you to got to do twin. it after the age of 18. Exactly. If you don't have a twin. Exactly. It definitely cuts down on the competition. Mm-hmm. And it's weird that they don't like make more movies that kind of utilize the fact that all these child actors have identical twins. Well, yeah, That's my kids was one of them. I it's guess it's the overhead where they don't want to have to pay two kids, right? Um, so okay, yeah, the they figure out pretty quickly. Well, Junie figures out that this lady is not really working. Yeah, with he's her. all suspicious with her, uh-huh. and then when they're they've escaped via jetpacks. Well, Junie Jar Jar Binks is his way through that fight because he's got oh, the yeah, thing yeah, attached yeah. to his arm and he's just like swinging around and hitting mm-hmm. people. He's like knocking people out accidentally. It's great. He, like, hitting them hard to the point where they like backflip away. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really fun fight scene. It is. Um, and then the, the whole jetpack chase after that is also really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks rough. Like it's not. Oh, it's, it was made on Microsoft very Paint. It's screeny. But like it's so fun and it's. I. Like, a constant theme through me watching this movie is trying to figure out if the bad special effects are self-aware or not. Well, you know, it was 2001. Um, there but wasn't. it's bad for 2001. Parts of it are. Parts of it are, yes. The jetpack is. Others are just kind of, you know, substandard. Right. But I don't know. I, I feel like in a way it wasn't – I mean, albeit they had a $50 million budget for this movie, so they probably knew – they probably allocated their money to get these big celebrities in it, mm-hmm. which they had a lot of big names in this movie, which we'll touch on that later. But Well, I think if the special effects were like mind lo- mind-blowingly great in this movie, I think I'd probably like it less because I would notice things more okay, like that. Fair. Like, like there's some very poorly written dialogue. I want to skip ahead to one part <laughs> that I wrote down that was really funny, and it was, um, it was when... Junie, that it's it's when they figure out that they need to rescue their parents, but they're like, "Who's going to help us?" And okay, <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, Carmen says, "We've got to save mom and dad. Only they can stop the robots." And Junie says, "But who's going to help us?" <laughs> then they go to Machete's house. <laughs> so like, I I feel like if the special effects were great, they couldn't get away with stuff like that. Okay, really. it, it kind of flowed into the theme of it being hokey. Yeah, I guess. Um. Why did Flute make the Thumb People? What do you mean? Like, why do you make them? The Thumb People or the Fooglies? The Thumb People. I think just... Why did he decide that they needed He needed thumbs? some guards, you know? this is he He's making Did he a make nat- him for the show or for his, like, evil plan? I think for his evil plan. Okay. Because, you know, he's on an... Albeit, he's on a nationally syndicated television series, and so he needed some guards for his castle and mm-hmm. his studio. So I guess he made them in part to be whimsical and also in part to... Be practical to guard his studio. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we so after the jetpack scene, it kind of cuts back to Floop's castle, and we get to see him sing that weird song. Oh, that, I it's liked a cruel, it. Cruel world, are you With little, little boys and girls? Little fingers, little yeah. smiley fingers. And I gotta say, at that moment, I heard that song. And I knew that Danny Elfman was involved with the score at that moment. I hadn't. Is he I really? didn't know that before. He didn't. He did. He did that song and the Spy Kids theme, which I'm not sure what that dun, refers dun, to. Dun, 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 dun. Maybe, maybe that. Dun. He didn't. He didn't do the whole thing. There's like five people credited. Danny Elfman. He did like the Batman series. Didn't he, he did. He did the Tim Burton Batman movies. He did. He does a lot of Tim Burton stuff. He okay, also did okay. the um, Sam Raimi Spider Man movies. Oh, okay, okay. He did Nightmare Before Christmas, that sounds, which. Yeah. Um, it was actually the there's a little clarinet in the mm-hmm, flute song mm-hmm. that I was like that is That's Danny it. Elfman, but and I looked it up and was so excited. I I liked that they had that little singing part because um, it, who was Alan Cumming uh, uh-huh. who played flute? He's a Tony Award winning actor for a musical um, or cabaret. So he's not a great singer, but I think he's got a good character voice. And I think that that showcased it well. He, he does. And he just does a good job in this movie. With I think. his character. Um, do you know his first name? Like his last name is Floop. Um, Phineas Fagan. His name is Fagan Floop. Sh- you're very close, but I kind of figured it with this character is slightly and doing some research slightly based off of, um, the Charles Dickens novel, um, Oliver Twist. He's based off of, um, Fagan, who is supposed to be this, like, hobo man who recruits children and entertains children to pickpocket and do his bidding. But then uh, in the in the book, he gets uh, exiled, 
But in the musical Oliver, he has like that redeeming quality where he sees the errors of his ways and like floop. Um, like floop. So I feel like he was based off of Fagin, partly from the um, Charles Dickens novel Oliver Twist, but then in the end, based off of the musical Oliver. So That's I like cool. that about his character. There's yeah. my um, there's my minor in theater coming to good work. <laughs> I had a math minor for a semester. Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> um. So the next big thing that happens is the playground scene. Um, I mm, okay. What I didn't like the playground scene. Okay. I thought it was superfluous and kind of dumb. Why they had to fight themselves? Yeah. No. Well, okay. Maybe I just thought it was boring, more or less. Like, yeah, I see that they could have fought themselves, but I, I, even as a kid, like I they would, had to fight themselves twice because later in the movie they won. They're like, they're like, the, Junie's like, they're stronger and smarter now, and Carmen's like, so are we. And I was oh like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, awesome. f yeah. But <laughs> I, I even as a kid, I was like, they're in a public place. Why isn't anybody calling the police? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Because With, it's Spy Kids. Spy Kids, right? Oh, but. Do you remember whenever they the kind of pre playground fight scene when they flew into the department store mm-hmm. and got their clothes? Who yeah. dresses like that? First of all, <laughs> I don't know. I as a kid, I you know even then I was like, oh oh, so this is how you dress. Well, I I'm think supposed to wear vests. I like that because Carmen just gets like kind of a tie dye shirt, like she just some looks leggings, somewhat and like normal. a kid, and then Junie's got like a little like tux. Yeah, Which, it makes sense to me because like that's that seems like the two outfits that they would have picked out to be spies. Okay, fair like, enough. Like, like, oh, this is right, what I'm James Bond now. looks like. Okay, I'm gonna get enough. a little like Easter Sunday outfit for Egg Day. Okay, <laughs> he's got his Egg Day outfit on. Fair <laughs> enough. I can see this. And then like Carmen's yeah. like, this is functional and looks good. <laughs> yeah, I've got my combat boots on and some some pants. <laughs> and then they head to the playground. There's this weird kind of sequence where there's like quick zoomy shots throughout the playground and you mm-hmm. see kids doing various things. I thought Sliding that was kind of cool. Yeah. I didn't really understand the point of it, but I don't um, know. And then uh Carmen or Junie's like you better stop calling me names and Carmen's like or what? And he goes or I'm going to call you names, which I <laughs> enjoyed. Um what did you call it? Diaper lady. Diaper lady. <laughs> is that later or has that already happened? Um no, I think that was then. That's Carmen's big secret is, is she, that she pees the bed. Yeah. Well, you hear, like, the parents early on in the movie talking about the kids, mm-hmm. and it's like, one of them's still wetting the bed, and you think it's Junie, because, uh... you know, he's a, he's a scaredy baby, and Carmen's the brave one, but you find out, oh, she's flawed, too. That's great. So, yeah. That's great. Carmen has flaws. Um, and then, so, yeah, the robot versions of themselves show up to fight them. And catch the brain, because yes, they have the, the brain, because yeah. it was in the safe house. Um, I thought Alexa Vega as Carmen was great during that fight. Yeah. She has a lot of really funny reactions like when she tries to punch headbutt them it. And, yeah. yeah. Um that yeah, I I like that scene a lot. I got to disagree with you there. Okay, well, I I I don't know. I guess it annoyed me with the fact that it was on a playground. I don't know. Why? Cuz there were other people there just doing their business. In a movie called Spy Kids, I want a fight <laughs> scene on a playground. <laughs> okay, I'll give it to you. <laughs> um and so they okay so they they get the brain they fail right the kids get he's the trying brain. to smash it on the whirly round thing yeah <laughs> and bite it he's like our he's like i think our parents would want us to destroy this <laughs> the fifth brain lives <laughs> wasn't it third third brain yeah um, the third brain leaves yeah. lives so they failed um and then we get that great bit of dialogue where they're like but who's going to help us it's machete yeah. But let me tell you, Machete's not responsible for nobody but Machete, which yeah. is one of my favorite lines. <laughs> nobody but Machete. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, so that, how did they find him again? Um, did did they look on – they looked on the back of some of their gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was said, like, made by Machete. They get, Yeah, so they find Machete. Um, he tells them they're – Which I think, he's, I think he's in America at that point. I think okay. he's in, like, San Francisco. Yeah. They're in – and and then he's like, I'm your uncle. And they're like, and Junie's like, our real uncle? We already got a fake uncle, <laughs> which was another lol moment for right. me. Um, yeah, and so they get the gear from him. They they load up on all kinds of spy gear. But before then, uh, they have, like, dinner with him. Yeah. And, and they, they humanize him. a little bit about his Where they're past. eating intestines, and yeah. it's disgusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was just gross, I thought. And some of the pig intestines or whatever drops on the Slop table. Slop on the table. And, and he's like, I'm, I'm not, not eating, eating that now. It's like, 
it was already intestines. Yeah. Oh, it touched the table. I can't eat that. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they they kind of uh, it's just kind of showcasing, I guess, like the cool gear. It's showcasing the toys that would be made from this stuff, more or less. Yeah. Uh, which it was cool. I thought as a kid, it was really cool. It was cool. And we find out that he is um, Antonio Banderas's brother. brother. Mm-hmm. His character, but they are Gregor- kind of a strange Gregorio, yeah. Um, and yeah, they're strange, but we don't really know why they're fighting. We find out later that neither neither do they. They they just had a fight about something and stopped talking. Yeah, my guess is that um, whenever they got married, he you know yeah, moved away like from the spy biz and he wanted to stay. That's just my reading into it. Probably something like that. I don't think it's really important though. No. Um, and so they uh, they ask him to help. He won't help them for some reason. I guess I he's like, you know, your kids, he yeah. wants to keep them safe because they're family. Even though he's a, a very scary, hardened man, he still recognizes that they're family. Yeah, and so they end up um, just kind of going rogue, stealing a bunch of spy gear, and then they steal his little jet plane thing, and they go off by themselves, and he, like, catches them in the act and runs out the door, and there's just, like, smiles, and he's just thrilled about it. He's like, ha I liked that. Those rascally kids. Which, I thought the shot, you know, where the little plane thing... Just, you know, 90 degree vertically lifted off and then boom, shot out sonic yeah. boom. And you see like an explosion and then it's already like a mile away. I thought that was cool. Yeah, personally. that was cool. Um, and before we stop talking about Machete, I think we do have to reference the fact that Robert Rodriguez did make a movie called Machete. Machete. Where Machete, it seems, is it's playing the, the same, same character, <laughs> but he kills. So it's a Spy Kids spinoff. For adults, right? Which neither I don't. I haven't seen that. Haven't no, seen no, it? no, absolutely not. It might be fun to revisit that. I don't know if it really fits in the mm. the realm of what <laughs> we're trying to do with kids. Probably movies. not. Maybe a bonus episode or something that would be kind of fun. Um. So yeah, they're off to save their parents now. They have a bunch of spy gear. They they land in the water, and then they have to like go under, under the, the castle. castle. They put the little breathe masks on. Yeah, and there's a bunch of sharks under there, and I had no memory of the shark scene. No, I didn't reason. either. The sleeping shark scene, I saw that, and I was like, what? And I know I I've seen remember this. Several yeah, times. I, I had no memory that. of that at um, all. Junie's terrified of sharks, which there was a shot earlier in the movie when they're in the submarine thing. Where... And, uh, and she's like, close your eyes. Yeah, I shark. thought that was really sweet, because Carmen's like, looking out for her little right, brother. Right. She's like, close your eyes, Junie. Just don't open them. She knows he's scared of sharks. And so then um, and we get to see Junie sort of confront his fears. Of the sharks, the, yeah. All the sharks are asleep, and they're not moving, and they just of the, kind of uh, swim past them. Because the water's cold or something right. like that. But I thought it was really funny. Um, Junie like, suddenly <laughs> starts having to pee real bad, and she's like, don't pee, Junie. It'll like upset it'll the chemical the sharks, balance yeah. in the water and it'll wake up the sharks and just like that situation of like a kid not being able to pee because it'll wake up the sharks and they'll eat him or it's like you're in a serious situation and you have to pee pee (laughs) and he um he he succumbs to the desire to of the urine and we get to see a little yellow cloud just kind of pass over (laughs) the uh, the sharks like like in the bible where the uh where the angel of death passes (laughs) over the houses of uh, in Egypt of the Israelites, and then we get a little musical sting as a bunch of sharks open their eyes at once. But mm-hmm. they do make it inside in time. Yeah, the sharks weren't threatening because they were still kind of slow and lethargic. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, they wake up and then they just kind of slowly move towards, towards them. them. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then Judy goes, "I'll never pee again." <laughs> <laughs> this was a funny movie. <laughs> it was a funny movie. So um, they get in. Um, they, they find, okay, so they kind of sneak in through the ceiling. Yeah. They drop down, they get to talk to the, the Fooglies. The Fooglies. They know are captured spies. And because Junie's got this little, little, uh, radar device on his wrist that can translate, I guess. Well. well the, the Fooglies talk backwards. Yeah, so he just kind of records it and then plays it Plays in reverse, yeah. And, They're um, in the dungeon. They're yeah. in the dungeon. Hurry. And they go back up and, um, and then <laughs> he, he comes back down. And he goes, Skinath, <laughs> <laughs> which is thanks backwards, which I thought was funny. Skinath is a great is a great moment in this movie. I think we should always say Skinath on this podcast instead of thanks oh. if we remember. Oh, Skinath, Skinath, Skinath for listening. Um, <laughs> uh, 
I love that um, the only visual cue for the fact that Tony Shalhoub is the villain now, which we kind of passed over that. Well, it harkens back to when Cheech Marin took oh, off the yeah. mustache. He's like, and then he, he cleans his hair. Yeah. Because his hair is like all disheveled looking, and he's like, it's Mr. Minion, and then takes off his glasses and then combs his hair to the side. It's awesome. And so we kind of passed over that is that um, – Tony Shalhoub has become the villain. He said, like, not Floop this was anymore. Mind. Yeah, because Floop now, is now just kind of sad. And now Floop's like, oh no, this is bad. I wanted to do this to entertain the children, right. not to murder them. Right. And so, yeah, Tony Shalhoub, Minion, is the big bad now, which I think. He's I, the big bad. This movie is sort of a commentary on spy movies, I would say. Okay. In I'm a listening. way. Because, well, it's just like, there's a lot of, like, parts where we get to make fun of like the way spy movies are i think that the okay it parodied in a lot of ways yeah. yeah and i think that's one of the reasons it works really well for me one of the reasons i still was able to enjoy it as an adult man because there's a lot of really funny moments where you're like yeah the spy movies are this way that's funny um so yeah tony shulie was the big bad now um so yeah and then he they fight themselves. I don't. I don't think there's anything big that happens between. Other than yeah, no, no there's not really. They run into the big. robot versions of themselves, again, right? Again, and they have to face themselves again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carmen says, "Oh shit, talking mushrooms." mushrooms. And, That's the fake cuss that you hinted out earlier, right? And um, yeah, great moment, man. That stuck in my memory. That made that me like cringe as a child. Yeah, I was like, well, "Did my parents hear this? <laughs> Am I allowed to watch this movie now?" Um, yeah, great moment. They fight themselves. Carmen, er, Carmen says they're stronger and smarter now. No, Junie says that, and then yeah, because they have the brain now. Yes, they have the brain, but Carmen and Junie have (laughs) minutes of experience. (laughs) (laughs) They might be hyper intelligent robot humans, but Carmen and Junie have experience. Um, and it was at this point. I think it was during the fight with the kids. There's a lot of moments where it cuts away. From Daryl Sabara, which is who plays uh, Junie, uh, right as he's like about to crack a smile and start laughing, <laughs> and I just find that adorable. He's, he's like, having he's a good a really time. Cute kid. In he, this yeah, movie. he's having a good time. He's having a great time. He's just happy to be a spy. Yeah. Um, they fight themselves. Um, and they win, right? Well, yeah, they um they fight them. They use their all their gadgets that they stole from Machete, uh, whether it be um you know the uh. The gum that you chew and then spit on electronics to short circuit them, or uh, and then they they end up using silly string to spray cement them to the wall. Yeah, and then they're like, "We got them," and then they just kind of rip it off, and they're like, "All right, let's run," and then they run away. Yeah, and then uh, they find they find their parents. Well, they find Floop, who's been locked in the dream chamber. Right, Junie talks to him. They have a little. They moment. have a a, a a god. Yeah, a god. Uh, Dave or. Like, well, it's like Simba and Mufasa. Simba and Mufasa, <laughs> yeah. It's like son. I always get Simba. Mufasa and God mixed up too. It's yeah, okay. yeah, me too. Um, I pray to Mufasa frequently, actually. I don't. Um, oh. So, yeah, he convinces him to be good, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, Floop is going to switch the robots. It's like a binary switch. He's going to tell them good is bad and bad is good. Which yeah. Is great. It's a great, like, simplification <laughs> of how it's good like, and It's like, oh, I love that. Easy switch. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, that's complicated, and they're running away, and Junie goes, teach them how to be good, he's which like, I loved. Oh, yes, that's it. Um, which, yeah. albeit, I think that the best actors of this movie were probably Junie and Alan Cummings. Junie and Floop. Um, the most Floop, endearing. sure. Endearing, sure. Yeah, I think Carmen is a much better actor than Junie. Yeah, okay, I think that Junie's a little more endearing than Carmen, yeah, I think. That's probably true, but... Carmen just like really sells some of the fight scenes. Yeah. I think she she's she probably had more training too. Right, um, a little bit older. So mm-hmm. they do end up getting reunited with their parents, mm-hmm. um, breaking them out of prison. And then there's a cool shot where like they're like preparing to fight. Um, Machete flies into it the last minute, and he, he we never really get to see him do anything, but he's he's there. <laughs> right. Oh oh, uh, and, and another thing that we need to touch on um, is that. Mr. Cortez gets turned into Junie's creation. That's how, remember, that's what they're right, doing to the spies true. is that they're turning them into um, Fuglies. 
because Floop has like a clay model of their faces and then just kind of like the you know just kind of moves it around a little bit and then it gets turned into this masterpiece of something else right and um Mr or Tony Shalhoub's character uh Minion is like I'll show you you know oh this is a new character we could have and scans it and then places this thing on his head and then turns him into a character and then he gets revert turns into the Junie's character that he drew in the car earlier but then in reverse, Mr. Cortez gets changed back with Floop when they break them out of prison. Right. And then um, Mr. Cortez has a clay model of uh, Minion's face mm-hmm. and then turns him into uh, a Minion with three he- with four heads yeah, he gets going off in like uh, uh, north, south, east, and west directions and then lots of hands. Yeah. And then he stays that way. I wish that had happened earlier in the movie and that was like our – that's like when he would turn into a villain. Yeah, yeah no, that I agree with fun. you. Um, and then he's, he's got a voice change for some reason. He, yeah, he yeah. talks like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, they so the the kids charge in, the spy kids charge in, um, and they're going to fight the family. Mm-hmm. And and I also noticed that they look like the Incredibles at this moment. <laughs> yeah, they do the <laughs> little, like, yeah, you know, pose. Um, at the last minute, he, Floop succeeds in making them good. and they Yeah, they, like turn around and their eyes glow and then they chase after the um government officials that and were they just so... start throwing them up in the air yeah. over, and <laughs> over and over it's <laughs> so funny looking. It, it is because they're terribly cgi yeah, it's, it's like it's it, just like green screen like they're clearly all just like standing yeah it's like they took a clip screen. of them like standing yeah. there in front of a green screen and just like took a picture and cut them out and then just like spun them it's around. it's really funny looking um and then yeah they've they've saved the day Yes, yeah, they've saved the day, and then they go home. Uh, Uncle Felix is there, living with them now, it looks like. Right, yeah. And so is uh, Machete. Machete's there, too, in their kitchen. Uh-huh. And then we get like we get to see a news clip of establishing that these spy kids are now just going around the world doing good deeds. Yeah, which saving people. Yeah. yeah. I, I want a TV show set in this world post-spy kids where it's, like, about the, like, the kids just – in white suits just walking around saving people rescuing cats from trees and people don't know why it's happening it's like a it's like that uh flash forward show or something right like that. right and it's like it's wait just, is that my child on the news there's kids in white suits just but they look I saw like my son but yeah they look like people's children so it's like the president <laughs> is watching the news and he's like is that is that my daughter <laughs> what is she's oh, okay okay and um in the kitchen you see which do you see him before the character with the black, uh, you know, line in front of his eyes? Uh, do you see him before in the movie? I can't remember. No, that's no. his first appearance. So he's like over the OSS, basically. Yeah, they reference him once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the reason that Antonio Banderas is going to come out of retirement is because Devlin himself called. Devlin, uh, which yeah. is none other than George, George Clooney, <laughs> which was Great. weird. It's so funny because it's got the black bar over his eyes, and then he just takes, takes it, it off, off with his hand, <laughs> which. You know, albeit it, it's like, is that George Clooney? Nah. And then he takes it off, and yeah. George Clooney does have like recognizable puppy eyes, basically. So yeah. it's like, oh it's, yeah, that is George Clooney. It's fantastic. Which and, that's a that's a good running gag where it's like, it's just a simple movement yeah. of something, and it's a different person because like, uh, Felix does that's it. True, that is a recurring it's a, thing. Uh, Mr. Uh, Cortez does it when he mm. puts on a mustache to be like a, a yeah. little thin mustache to become <laughs> a spy, which he. He could have grown that in like a day, <laughs> and uh, and the fun- mom puts up her hair or something like that. Yeah. Fun fact: um, Robert Rodriguez called George Clooney. They knew each other somehow, and just said, "Hey, do you want to be in my Spy Kids movie?" And George Clooney was like, "Fine, but I don't have much time." He flew to George Clooney's house as a one man crew. He just brought brought the camera himself. Really, shot that scene at George Clooney's house. George Clooney was wearing his pajamas during that scene. That's why you only see him. From the like the shoulders up. up, yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, That's hilarious. That yeah, that was a really funny way to end the movie. I yeah, think. and then the last uh, line of the movie is Carmen talking to Devlin or George Clooney, and she says, "Spy work? That's easy. Keeping a family together? That's a little more difficult. And that's the mission worth fighting for." Which I thought was clunky and a not bit. really what the movie's about. You know? No. But I, I I don't know. I'm not sure what the movie is about. I don't Having think fun. it's about a, a family like coming 
together. It, yeah. I guess it kind of is because it's I, like they're learning not to keep secrets from each other. I guess. To accept each other for who they are. I guess. Um, yeah, the, there's there's a bunch of like each character sort of has their own arc. Like Junie's learning to face his fears. Carmen is uh, learning not to be the bed. Yeah. Well, no, she's learning to be nicer to her little brother. Right. And like not, protecting. Right. I guess. And then uh, I guess the parents are reconnecting. Well, the father definitely is. I'm not sure if the mother really like. She seems like she had it together from the beginning. <laughs> okay. She's yeah. a good mom. Yeah. I don't know. I guess the father's learning to. Um, he was much nicer at the end of it to the children because right. he's like, oh, it is about family. Yeah, and he and we get that great hubris moment of him turning into the creation that he made fun of. Right. For he is drawing. he is his worst nightmare. Right. Um. So yeah, that's that's Spy Kids. Um. Clint, what did you think of this movie overall? Rewatching it. Yeah. I think you know I accidentally hinted at it earlier, unless we've edited that out. I I liked it. Yeah, I no. liked it. Rewatching it, I liked it was it a lot. entertaining. I would watch it again. Uh, prior to rewatching it last night, I watched it about uh, two years ago because my now fiance, then girlfriend, had had surgery, mm-hmm. and we were like, "Let's just watch something that'll be, you know, entertaining." I guess to get your mind off of this. And so we sat and uh, watched Spy Kids one and two together. In, in one sitting, and it was, you know, it was fun, it was entertaining, and I would rewatch this with my friends, I'd watch it with my kids, I don't have kids, but when I do, I'll, re- I'll rewatch it with them, probably. I absolutely will watch this movie again. Um, yeah, I think it's great, well, I don't know if great is the right word, I think it's a fun I think movie. it holds up. It has its flaws, um, but all movies do. Right, and I think, I think it definitely holds up to you know, it's not a except mas- Shrek. Sorry, I want to. Shrek has no flaws. Right. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> but I mean, you know, albeit it's made for kids, it's not made for our age group. But I think that it does hold up yeah. as far as still being entertaining mm-hmm. and bringing back the the feels, as the kids say. What is your ideal version of this movie? What would you change? Um, I think, and and it takes away the double entendre. Mm-hmm. I kind of would have done away without the robot children. Really? Yeah. I think it could have just, I think it could have gone well with maybe them just not having the robot children or maybe not to the greatest degree that they had them and then just using um, them capturing the spies and then turning them into ugly monsters, still having uh, Minion being the main villain, but maybe using them for something else. Yeah. Something more nefarious because it was like, oh, they're capturing the, the spies. But they're also doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you got two bad things that are clearly happening. Choose one bad thing, and that can be your main plot. So I felt like it, it kind of degraded the fact that these spies were missing with the fact that, oh, they're also making children. Yeah. I think my version of this movie would still have the Spy Kids in it. But <laughs> it's my, my version of Spy Kids would still have Spy Kids. <laughs> um, but I think... I would, for one thing, I would make Machete a little bit bigger of a character. I would have him come back earlier, okay. maybe, and like instead of just flying like through the window, him, right? And like have there be a bigger deal out of him getting back, like renewing with his relationship with his brother, mm-hmm. and it kind which of was sweet. Helps tie in that theme of family togetherness that Carmen brings up in the last quote. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's really the biggest thing. I think just some of the dialogue could have been written better because there's a lot of really funny lines in the movie and then there's a lot of really just bad lines that I don't think are like self-aware I think it's just like kind of a first draft like okay we have to get this out quick right so I would just some of the dialogue and then machete being a bigger character and kind of tying in the theme of family togetherness a little bit more um with the movie uh that yeah I wouldn't change a whole lot I think it's this movie had the opportunity to be a very funny like parody of spy movies that still works as a kid's movie, and I think it almost succeeded in doing that. So your ideal version is the same movie, just better written? Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Pretty much. So um, we want to end every single one of our episodes with asking three questions. Instead of like rating each movie like, giving it a certain number of stars yeah, yeah, or whatever, your because that's a little bit too simple for what we're trying to do. We want to ask these three questions, and they are, is this movie good for kids? Is this movie good for adults? 
and did this movie stand the purely nostalgia test of time for you personally? So, first question, is this movie good for kids? Yes, I think it's great for Absolutely, kids. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Um, I don't, it's just so fun, and then, like, it's, it really, like, teaches kids good stuff, I think. It's not overly violent, like, there's a lot of fight scenes, but there's never any, like, gun They're very slapsticky scenes. fight scenes. There's ne- never any, like, shootouts. It's always, like, fighting with fists, and then, like... Um, or objects of some kind. The one time where it's like adults fighting other adults, they they like do the joke of like kids close your eyes and then it's like. Wah, 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 and oh yeah, like yeah. Out. They're it's all just funny. down. So it's like it's not teaching kids that violence is the answer or anything like that. I, I think it's great. I also think it's good for kids because it was clearly a kids movie, but it made me as a kid feel like oh I'm watching an an action movie. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's good in that instance where it, it kind of tricks you into thinking that you're watching. Um, content that you probably couldn't have watched beforehand Mm -hmm. um second question is this movie good for adults i think it's pretty good for adults yeah i mean i don't think it's damaging to adults in any way but i think i think if you're an adult re-watching it it will bring back memories yeah definitely for adults who watched it as a kid Mm -hmm. i very much enjoyed re-watching it i think um, it's going to be hard for us to separate that into, like, is this good for someone who never saw it as a kid? Which right. is kind of the whole point of this podcast is exploring that very question. For stuff that people have watched. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I, I think it's good for adults that maybe – adults, if you just watched it by yourself and you've never seen it before, you probably wouldn't enjoy it that much. But yeah. if you watch it with your kids for the first time, it, it probably would be enjoyable. Yeah. Because, you you know, you can connect and, you know, connect with the characters in that aspect it was like they have kids you have kids uh you're both kind of laughing at the silliness of it all and that'll be fun um yeah bottom line is i thought stuff in this movie was funny that i didn't even remember from the first time right seeing it so if i hadn't seen this movie i still would have laughed a few times i think um did this movie stand the purely nostalgia test of time for you personally clinton jazz hands page 100 percent yes I think I'm going to say 98% yes. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, there was stuff that I noticed that, like, I flaws that I wouldn't have picked up on as a kid, but mm-hmm. they didn't really make me enjoy the movie much yeah, less. Yeah, they didn't ruin the movie for me at all. It, in fact, I think it made it a little hokier, which I, I usually don't like hokey things, but I did with this. So You do love the hokey pokey, though. I, I do it every night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. This was that was our warm up. You always actually. like FaceTime me and make me watch you, and it's. But you are not allowed to talk. I I do the hokey pokey, and you are not allowed to say a thing. Yeah, every night it's getting old. But uh, yeah, so this gets a three out of three of the nostalgia rating. Yeah, but I don't even know if I want to say like three out of three means it's great because I think a movie can be good for kids and not good for adults and like still be fine. Like okay, you fine. know. But I think if it gets a, a zero out of three, that's probably bad. We yeah. probably should punish the movie in some ways. Mm-hmm. But you know, um, if it gets a, I think if it gets a three out of three, we should also glorify it in some yes. ways. So this definitely all hell spy kids. All hell spy kids. It goes into our pantheon. It goes into our pantheon. So yeah, that was spy kids. Next week we're or not next week in two weeks. In two weeks we will be talking about spy kids. Two. Which I watched some clips of the it last Island night. Lost a little teaser. Sort. Ooh, I just moved my pop filter. Sorry if that made a loud noise. My um, fool. My fool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a fool. But um, rewatch. I watched some clips of it last night where uh, they were at the theme park with the president's daughter was at yes. the theme park and they had the juggler. Which the name of the theme park is the tr- is Troublemaker, which is the name of the yeah. studio that made this Troublemaker Studios. And they did like the the juggling theme, uh, which let's let's insert really quick a clip. But is it fast? <laughs> is it fast? Well, let's see, shall we? The riders are strapped into the bubble. The hydrobot lifts the bubble high into the air <laughs> and spins it round and round as fast as the United States government will allow. Spins, turns, flips, and bounces. And then it juggles you. I want to go on. 
it, it makes me really excited to watch this movie again personally. Yeah. Good movie. Good movie. Good movie. Good I'm movie. excited about Spy Kids 2. I, I think we can go ahead and say this. I remember Spy Kids 2 being significantly better than Spy Kids 1. I do as and well. And I enjoyed Spy Kids 1 on rewatching it, so I'm very excited. I could be horribly disappointed. I know. I'm I'm real I'm kind of nervous. I'm but I nervous. think that it introduces it's going to introduce some great characters, some memorable characters, mm-hmm. and and some some quotes some that quotes. I think will be good. Some I good think quotes. There will be some quotes in this one. All right. So uh Spy Kids 2. There's some quotes in this Spike one. Spy Kids 2 quote island. <laughs> okay. Island Island of Misfit. The island quotes. of quotes. Um so yeah, hey, follow us on Twitter. Um, we are at purely nostalgia. We got that purely nostalgia tw- Twitter handle. We didn't have to say purely nostalgia pod, pod yeah. or podcast. We hey, we're we purely were nostalgia. The OGs of I think we made it as a podcast. Yeah, with that sick logo, by the way. Yeah, who made that? Me. Yeah, I cr- I provided some creative direction. I would say. Okay. Yeah. I I, I would say I had one. Uh, you had effort. no. You had about fifty percent effort in creating That's, creating it, and I just no. It's drew it. That. I drew it on uh, Adobe Illustrator. Clint, Clint, you're great. Thank Clint, you. Thank you're you. Great. Thank you, Dad. Um, we will soon be making a Facebook page. In fact, it might be done by the time by this, this time. Uh, if it is, it'll probably be either uh, purely nostalgia or. Pillar Nostalgia Podcast? Yeah, Pillar something like Nostalgia that. Pod. It shouldn't be hard to find. It'll be easy to find, I promise. We'll tweet it out. Yes. Um. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Look us up on Facebook. Um. Our personal Twitter handles. I am at Elisha P. Smith or Eli Shap Smith, whatever you prefer. Yeah, and <laughs> forgive Clint me. Clint is Clint Jazz Hands Page. <laughs> I'm uh, Clint J.H. Page. Which is uh, where hands. the Jazz Hands came from. I mean, no, sorry. Your name is Clint Jazz Hands Page, and your Twitter handle is... Clint. J.H. because your middle name is Jazz Jazz Hands. Yeah, but my like Twitter name is Clint Page in parentheses human. But my Twitter handle is at Clint J.H. Page. Uh, I just love that weird comedy on the Clint J.H. Page Twitter I have some account. weird comedy. Some weird comedy. All, ex- all cover, exclamation points. Your uh, background photo on your profile is great. It's What is my background? <laughs> it's I, it's maybe, a shark thing. Uh, no, it's a... Yeah, it is a shark theme that uh, my fiance made for me. She uh, photoshopped my face on a shark jumping it's, out of the water. It's great. It's great. Follow us. Follow us. Follow us, Follow us and we'll make you fishers of men. Um, oh, oh, no. Well, so that was Purely Nostalgia, episode one. Tune in in two weeks for Spy Kids to the Island of Lost Dreams. And Skinath for listening. <laughs> This is this is the post credit sequence. Um, it's when we rip off our skin mask and they see the lizard humans that we really are. Yeah, and then Colonel Fury comes in. <laughs> Colonel says, Fury. Yeah, that's. A, oh, he's been promoted. He's, Wait, is he a colonel? Yeah, that's like that's his title. I didn't realize he's he'd Fury, been promoted he's to Fury. colonel. Yeah, colonel. I mean, Reba's the real colonel now. <laughs> <laughs> Reba McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it.